So when you think of the word follow, let me ask you a question. What, what comes to mind? Follow. Follow. Over the next two weeks, we're going to look at the follow, some of the follow me statements that Jesus makes in the Gospels. And uh, the first one we're going to look at today is found in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. The calling of the first disciples. The calling of the first disciples. You know, but I remember as a kid, I remember playing the game Follow the Leader. Do you remember that? Remember playing Follow the Leader? And, and uh, I remember always, my, my, my goal in that game was to be the leader. Because the leader gets to do all the fun things, right? And, and you get to be the one that kind of sidesteps and try and get everyone to do that, that same kind of thing. We're talking about something a little different today. Yet our goal is to follow the leader. Our, our culture uses the word follow to describe a lot of things. For example, if you're following someone on social media, you click a button and you can read some things. Yeah, you can just click off and decide not to follow that person anymore. It doesn't have to change your life. At times, people follow people that they have no interest or don't agree with whatsoever, but are just curious what craziness they might be saying. Yet you're not really following that person. When Jesus calls the disciples in Matthew chapter 4, and he says, follow me, he's talking about something that would transform their lives completely. It would upend every, every dream, every hope that they would have ever had. Everything that they would have thought of was then going to be different. Follow me, he says. The truth is, and before we get to the passage this morning, we, we all have something that we choose to follow in our lives. We all have something that we're following. We have something that comes above everything else, something that is, that is number one in our lives, that we prioritize above all else. So my, my hope is that over the next two weeks, you're able to ask yourself the question, who or what am I following? And does anything need to look a little bit different in the way that I'm following Jesus? So before we go any farther today, I, I look in the back and I see a, a beautiful beard back all the way from Alaska. Andrew, it's great to see you, man. We're so thankful that you're back. The Lord brought you safely. And uh, one of these weeks, I'm not going to put you on the spot right now. Andrew just came back. For those of you who don't know, he just came back from another mission trip with uh, Last Frontier, right? Last Frontier. And so instead of putting him on the spot this morning and, and asking him to come up and share about what God did, I'll, I'll give you a week. All right, two weeks, week or two, we'll see which one. Um, we'll get to hear about all the exciting things that the Lord is doing in Alaska with Last Frontier Ministries. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. But before we read that, let's pray together. Gracious God, we pray that you, uh, that you would communicate your truth today. Father, that you would be glorified. May your truth be spoken, may your truth be heard. Father, we praise you that we are not the inventors of truth, but that you have given us the truth in your word, and that the truth lives with us in Jesus. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, ooh, hear that echo? He saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, 
and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. So we have Jesus. He comes across Simon and Andrew in the beginning. Peter and Andrew. But see, Jesus had already met these two individuals. John chapter 1, verses 35 to 42. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him for that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So so we know that, that Peter and Andrew had already had an encounter with Jesus prior to Matthew chapter 4. They knew of him. Andrew was completely sold out that Jesus was the Messiah. And then we get to Matthew 4, where Jesus comes and engages with them. I love what William MacDonald says in his commentary. He said, in John 1, they were called to salvation. Here they are called to service. So Matthew chapter 4, let's look at the beginning. Verses uh, 18 and 19 and 20. While they were walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. So these two men, they were fishermen. This was their livelihood. It was the way that they were able to put bread on their table or fish on their table, right, and make sure that they uh, had what they needed. Jesus comes across them. And he comes across them as they're casting their net into the sea. And he says, follow me. Follow me. It's Charles Spurgeon who said, God usually calls people. As they're busy doing something. Jesus called the apostles as they were casting a net into the sea or mending their nets. They were busy in a lawful occupation when he called them to be ministers. Our Lord does not call idlers, but fishers. See, God oftentimes will call you to step into something while you're doing something else. As I think back of of, of decisions that we have made and, and when the Lord has changed our path, it's, it's not because we were sitting on our hands. <laughs> there was a lot going on. The truth is, if you are living for Christ, there's going to be a lot going on in your life. You're going to be busy. 
And then there can be a time where God calls you to something completely different at a completely different place and a completely different time. I, I think of, of when Sarah and I felt the Lord calling us here to Mount Vernon. It's not because there wasn't anything happening at Word of Life Chapel. We were swamped in good ways. God is doing amazing things. Yet, even in that busyness, God said, no, I have something else for you. Follow me. Follow me. Deciding to follow one thing means that you're going to stop following something else. So if Christ isn't first in your life, it means that you're following something else in your life, and you need to change that. And what that means, if you decide to follow Jesus, is that you're going to stop following something else. Peter and Andrew would have lived their lives as fishermen. Their schedule was dictated by being a fisherman. Their goals. Yet when Jesus said, follow me, that was going to change everything else. Peter and Andrew had to decide whether or not they were going to leave behind their nets and follow the one who has all the answers. And following God, they were going to have to decide to give up something. Was it wrong for Peter and Andrew to be fishermen? By no means. And there are others who I'm sure decided to follow Jesus. Yet not in the same way of Peter and Andrew who continued to be fishermen. Yet Jesus called them to something different. He was calling them to be fishers of men. I think sometimes when we think of, of, of fishermen, we, we think of them almost as being guys who maybe they didn't really have that much to give up, right? Oh, they, maybe, maybe they had a boat, maybe a couple nets. They were lucky if they caught any fish. Yet, if we look at Mark chapter 1, and we look a little bit farther down, when it talks about James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, they were in the boat with their father and hired servants, Meaning that they would have been making enough money as fishermen to be able to hire servants. So, so they left behind a, possibly left behind a comfort as well in going to follow Christ. Mark chapter 1, 15 to 20. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, I'll make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the boat mending nets. And immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and followed him. God calls us to different things. Yet I truly believe that we're all called to be fishers of men. And we'll get to that here in a minute. But the first thing that Jesus says is follow me. Follow me. And in following Christ, they had to what? They had to leave their boats behind. James and John had to leave their father behind. They had to leave all of the things, their hopes and dreams had to be back here because Jesus said, what I have for you is up here. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me and put down your net? Step out of your boat and follow me. I, I wonder... What went through their minds at the moment they stepped out of the boat? At the moment they put down their nets? Maybe they were standing on the shore. But I wonder, 
Did they think to themselves, okay, he's, he's the Messiah. He's saying follow him, and so I'm going to do that because I, I know that what he has is best. But, but I think even in their wildest imaginations, they couldn't begin to comprehend what was ahead. The miracles they were going to witness. The changed lives that they would see. They left behind what would have been challenging. I'm, I'm sure being a fisherman was extremely challenging. Maybe what was comfortable in order to follow Jesus because Jesus said, follow me. They didn't become rich. According to church tradition, both Peter and Andrew died on a cross. They gave up their plans to follow Jesus. And we should expect that as followers of Jesus. 2 Timothy 3.12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. God calls different people to different situations and different scenarios and different occupations. Yet as followers of Christ... We should live life expecting persecution, no matter what your occupation is. They left their work, their future business, their comfort to follow him. In order to follow Jesus, you must be willing to give up other things. I came across a story, and and here's what it says. It's a story of a father who was vacationing with his family. And they're driving down the road, and they come to a, uh, a, a sign on the road. There's a cone and a cone and a little string going across. And, and what it says is, is the following, road closed, don't go farther. So what, is, what does the dad do as he's driving? You know what? <laughs> I bet I can get around this. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine drives around the cone, and begins down the road. And he goes about a mile, two miles, pretty bad road. When he comes to a sign, when he comes to a a bridge that had been washed out, he turned the car around. He retraced his tracks back to the main road. But he realized as he was pulling up to the main road that there was, uh, on the other side of that sign that said, road closed, don't go forward, there was something hanging that was, there was writing on the other side as you were driving the other way. And he's getting closer and closer, and, and he looks, and what it says is, welcome back, stupid. Right? Welcome back, stupid. Why? Because what did he do? He chose to go away from the instructions that he was given. And, and you know, the truth is, the truth is, In our lives, brothers and sisters, God tells us at times. He gives us all of the indications of what he wants us to do. And we sometimes choose not to follow. God, I know you've been calling me to this for a while, but you don't understand. I'm just not ready to, I'm not willing to give that up yet. (laughs) I I have hopes and dreams and plans. And God, I I can't sacrifice my time for this specific area of ministry that that you've called me to. I I can't be a teacher on on Sunday morning because I'm, I'm just too busy right now. Yet you know in your heart that that's what God's telling you to do. Follow me. And then we get to this next statement. This next statement. And I will make you 
there's something so reassuring to me about those words. And I will make you. He he doesn't say, follow me and you're going to make yourself a fisher of men. Follow me and I'm going to make you. I'm going to mold you. I'm going to transform you. It's the work of Christ in our lives that transforms us into becoming what he has for us to be. And it's the work of Christ in our lives that transforms us into becoming more like him. It's easy to pat ourselves on the back. Follow me and I will make you. The Holman Bible Commentary on Matthew chapter 4 says, These men, in well-reasoned decisions, left both career and family to follow Jesus. And their confidence in him was such that when he called, they came all at once or immediately. They literally dropped their nets and left the boats in which they were standing. James and John left their father standing in the boats. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And what do they do? They drop everything. They get out of the boat, and they say, let's go. Let's go. God, what do you have for me? I'm ready. I'm ready to step out of the boat. I'm ready to drop what I have and to follow you with what you have for me. I, I, right now it comes to mind, um, we, you know, we have Andrew back here. Andrew is, is one of our uh, full-time, short-term mission people, right? So, so Andrew is, is gone a number of weeks or, or months or whatever it is out of the year and, and following what God has for him. One of the people that comes to mind right now as well is, is Justin Hollinger. And Justin's going to be here next week, and we're going we're gonna to bring Justin up. We're going to pray for him before he goes to Honduras. But it was just a number of weeks ago that Justin and I were talking about his future, a couple of months ago. And Justin, and I can, I can talk about him here today because he said he wasn't going to be here this morning, but he's going to be here next week. Justin sent an email and felt confident the Lord was calling him to go to Honduras. And you know what he said? <laughs> cool, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to slow down every of my business, and, I, and I'm going to get everything ready, and in September I'll be there. And such a big decision. I think, do we, do we even follow sometimes in the little ones? Are we willing to make sacrifices in following Christ? Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In following Christ, there are times of great difficulty and sacrifice that have to be made. I think of, uh, I remember being a kid, and uh, being, I think I was in third grade, third grade. Do we have any third graders out there today? Are there any third graders? All right, I think I was about your age. And I remember being, my, my grandfather was a pastor, and, and I remember being in his, the first floor of his parsonage, and we were just getting ready to head back to Bolivia to go back on the mission field. And, and I remember seeing my aunts and uncles coming in and my cousins and, and, and saying goodbye and saying goodbye. 
I remember the hugs. I remember the tears. And that was a different time, right? Like, we didn't have, we didn't have cell phones. There was no video chat or anything like that. Like, the way that you contacted someone back in that time was, was through the regular phone, which costed an arm and a leg to be able to talk. And then there was a delay, right? And so, so I would say, you know, if I was talking to my grandparents, hey, how are you? Just like that. And then they would say, good, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? And there was, there was a long, it was, it was a delay. It took a while. But I remember, I remember being in that, that room. I, I remember my aunt coming in at one point to give hugs to say goodbye. And I remember her saying, I'm sorry I'm not crying giving you a hug, Tony. I'm just out of tears. Well, you probably just really don't like me as much as you like everybody else, but it's okay. But I thought about that even, even with Sarah and I growing up. Um, uh, with our kids growing up and having grandparents on another side of the world that, that they don't see all that often. And I've, I've thought about the times where I've said goodbye to my parents not knowing when I'll see them again. And it could be a year or two years or, or more, right? And, and at times in my own heart, and, I, and this is a moment, I guess a moment of transparency, in, in my own heart, I, I have to be careful not to become frustrated with that situation. That I don't, I don't look at it and say, well, why, why in the world? Why in the world aren't, aren't, why, why isn't my family together? Because I've, I've thought that before. And I've become discouraged in it before. More, more with my kids than with myself. It's amazing how much that changes your, pers- your, changes your perspective. But what I have to remember, what I have to remember is Jesus says, follow me. And when he says, follow me, that means that there are things that you have to leave behind. The disciples got out of the boat. They left their nets behind. Why? Because what comes first is the kingdom of God. God comes first. Our eyes must be kingdom focused. Because because if we really believe all that this book says, if we really say that, and, and if I asked you right now, I'm sure you'd say amen, but if we really believe that, then isn't all the sacrifice worth it? Isn't all the pain and the separation worth it? Isn't all the persecution and difficulty worth it? Yes. It is. And I have to check my heart when I find myself in that place and say, you know what? We might not be together, but that's because, God, you, you called my parents to be one place. You called us to be somewhere else. Help me to be content in that. Because what matters above all else is following Christ. Follow me, and I will make you, in the last statement, fishers of men. Now, I, I don't know about you guys. I, I love to fish. I grew up fishing. We would go out to the jungles. When I hear that, it takes me, when, when, I, when I hear that statement, it takes me right back to being in the canoe, going down the jungle rivers of Bolivia. If you've ever seen river monsters, right, that's, that's how I fished, right? We, would, we wouldn't even use a fishing pole, right? That, that was kind of for wimps. We would, we would use, we would grab like a rope tie it around a piece of wood, and then you kind of like David and Goliath with a slingshot, you throw it out in the water, and you pull it, I tell you what, it is so much more fun 
to bring a fish in with your bare hands grabbing onto a rope than it is with a fishing pole. Try it sometime. <laughs> and I'm talking about big fish, right? Big fish. And, of course, as you tell the fisherman's story, it gets bigger and bigger, right? Nehemiah and I went fishing the other day at Muddy Run, and uh, he was so excited to call his, his grandparents and tell them that he caught three fish. He was so excited. And he said, Grandma, the fish was this big. It was a sunny. It was about this big, right? Grandma, the fish was this big. I said, wow, you're already starting. You're already starting. The fisherman's tails. But, you know, I, I grew up going fishing, and we would catch all different types of fish. I remember my dad caught a fish at one time that was probably about, uh, about this high, probably, in, in all seriousness, probably about this high off the ground. It breathed like a horse. And we would, but we would go fishing, and we would expect to catch big fish. Yet if I was ever fishing, and I was fighting, and I saw someone's head pop out of the water, I would have a completely different response. Fishers of men. Now, of course, that's not what's being talked about. They're not people that live in the water that you fish out. But Jesus says, the same way that you're going out to catch fish, I want you to go and catch people. I want you to bring them in. I'm going to make you into that, into that person who can spread the gospel news, who can evangelize. Listen, next week, the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about evangelism because evangelism is the job of every believer. It is the responsibility of every Christian. We are all commanded to do it. Yet it is sometimes some of the, one of the most challenging things to do. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And that's important. My question to you today is, are you ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you? Because Jesus says, Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. And, and you might be saying, you know, Tony, I, I just, evangelism so tough. Let me, let me encourage you in this. Let me encourage you in this. I believe it's tough for most people. Follow me, and I will make you. Fishers of men. Realize that we are all a work in progress. Next week we're going to look at uh, the, another follow me statement that Jesus makes. I encourage you over the next couple of days to think to yourself next week. What does it mean to follow Christ for me? What does it mean to follow Christ for me? 
Now, some of these things are, are you take out and you say, okay, I, I know I need to sacrifice. I, I know I need to, to, to do this and, and to, to do that. But the truth is we're all in a little bit of a different scenario. Different occupations. Different situations. And God calls us to different things at different times. What is he calling you to right now? Pray on it. Think on it. And ask God to make his will clear to you. Let's pray together. The worship team is going to come back up, and we're going to close with with, uh, our final song here today. Father, we ask that you would help us to follow you with all that we are. Father, you've called some to the mission field. Some you've called to occupations at home. Some to the discipleship of little children. You've called us to different things at different times and there are different seasons. Lord, help us to live with open ears and open eyes, to listen to what you have, to be focused on who you are. Help us to realize that you're the one who does the work in our lives. Transform us, great God, that we might become fishers of men. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand as we sing our last song, All My Ways Are Known to You.